Welcome back to the On This Day podcast. It's your host, Alex, and today we're talking ESPN. I know, I know, I know. A television network can't be a sport. It's not a sport. Why are you doing it on a sports podcast? Yada, yada, yada. I know, I know. For the sake of this podcast, it's sports related, and we're going to cover it today. Because on this day in 1979, ESPN made their TV debut, and 30,000 viewers tuned in to witness its launch. Their journey to its debut was a long one, so let's start at the beginning back at its founders. The company was founded by Bill Rasmussen, his son Scott, and insurance agent Ed Egan. The whole thing started when Egan approached Bill, who was working for the New England Weathers at the time. Egan wanted to create a monthly cable TV program covering Connecticut sports, and wanted to see if the Weathers would be interested in being the main feature. Bill was intrigued by this idea, but he didn't get much of a chance to entertain it, as he was soon fired from the Weathers. Despite the setback, both still wanted to do a TV show, so they discussed a new idea a cable TV network that covered all sporting events and teams in Connecticut. The two decided that the name of the TV network would be Entertainment and Sports Programming Network, ESP for short. With the name and the idea fleshed out, the two decided that they wanted to make this a reality, only to face an uphill battle. Rasmussen knew little about cable TV, and less than 20% of American homes at the time actually had cable. Because of these reasons, people had their doubts. Local cable operators, reporters, basically everyone thought that this idea was impractical, too costly, and had no real future. ESP was able to become a real corporation on July 14, 1978, but despite this, they still had to find a way to broadcast their new sports channel. They began researching, and came across a new means of TV distribution, satellite communication. So they set up a meeting with RCA, a satellite TV provider, and discussed their idea for a regional sports broadcast. There, they learned it actually be cheaper to buy a continuous 24-hour satellite feed for the entire country rather than sending a signal across Connecticut with landlines. They liked this idea, so they bought the transponder for the satellite and began reworking their original plan. Their new plan included showing all types of sports 24 hours a day, having a half-hour sports show every night, hiring sportscasters, and buying a fleet of trucks to cover various sports events around the country. The next step in their plan included finding property for their headquarters, so they bought a parcel of land in Bristol that had been built on a dump. That's right, a dump. Things went uphill from there, and ESP began receiving funding from different companies. Getty Oil provided $15 million, and Anheuser-Busch paid $1.38 million for ad rights, the largest advertising contract in cable TV history at the time. Soon after, ESP and the NCAA came to an agreement, and ESP now had the official rights to broadcast 18 different NCAA sports. So now that they had the funding and the content, there was one last thing to do. Change the name. Right before broadcasting, ESP decided to change their name to ESPN so they could distinguish themselves from the other three-letter networks of ABC, NBC, and CBS. Everything was now done, and the only thing left to do was broadcast. So on this day in 1979, 30,000 people tune in to watch ESPN's debut, with the first words spoken on the broadcast being, If you're a fan, if you're a fan, what you'll see in the next minutes, hours, and days to follow may convince you that you've gone to sports heaven. So that's what happened on this day. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed that, download, write a comment, send me some money. I won't complain. Um, Do all that fun podcast stuff. I really thank you guys for listening, for your support, and I hope to see you guys tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Thank mm-hmm. you.